seemed to run straight at him, and all of a sudden, he was on his back. Oh, my goodness gracious me. What has Zidane done? Everybody ready? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hello and welcome to the Professor and Barney podcast featuring Tom and Nick for episode 20. The episode everybody is really excited about. Am I right, team? Yep. Yes, you are. Super excited. Good. How is everybody? Barney, start with you. Mate, I'm excellent. Uh, you and I are back in the office this week. Um, we, are, we are back on air on Sunday on Matty Johns' show. Yes. On the uh, Sunday nights with Maddie Johns, I believe that's called. That's still. right. That's right. Unfortunately, our show isn't back yet. It's still in a holding pattern. They're waiting for a live audience to be allowed back in the building, um, which helps when you're doing comedy because the chairs didn't find us that funny that one episode no. we did. No, the uh, and the crew. Wow, they they've heard it all before. They have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, well, we've only got about three jokes that we recycle every week, so they're sick of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're back in and about. Tommy, you. How's uh, employment? Yeah, good. I've um I've taken up two new hobbies. Well, they're part-time hobbies because I don't want to get too carried away. Um, uh, one is pickling. Uh, I've been doing a lot of pickling. Uh, okay. creating my own brines. I um I'm all <laughs> so over. This sounds like shons. euphemism for something. What, no, no, no. It's doing? no. That's what you would think because you're a degenerate and a sicko. But no, I'm actually just making things you can put in a cubano or any other sort of delicatessen sandwich as you wish. Or, or, any um, other, or any other person of help. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then to have those pickles, a, a vessel in order to enjoy those pickles, uh, I've also started making sourdough. So, uh, Very yeah, good, I mean, Tommy, is this, mate, are we looking at maybe a delicatessen down there in Watson's Bay at some point? Tommy's, Tommy's Deli? Tommy's, <laughs> I mean, Tommy's I've got the clientele, trip. don't I? Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, hey. we'll see how we go. Maybe call Good. it Big Tommy's Gherkin or something. So what, <laughs> what you're saying is your transition into a uh, a 90 year old woman from Eastern Europe is uh, is coming along <laughs> nicely, Tommy. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. And I mean, the spandex is to die for as well. So uh, very good. What, what, what yeah. are you looking for in a brine, Tommy? When you when you're tasting the brine? well, I'm doing half salty, half sweet. I'm not going full sweet or full salty. I'm going half and half. So. I mean, if you guys weren't being such jerks and judgy about it, I'd probably send you a jar. But oh, go on. What about a uh, what about we do a competition? Best review left gets a jar of Tommy's brine. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Get on. Leave a five star review. Uh, Tommy will judge it next week, and he will send along his pickle. And some brine. And for um, those of you who have fast forwarded to this part of the um, the podcast and don't get any of the context, it is whatever you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick, you survived yet another I'm earthquake during the week. How are yes. you? Very good. Uh, yeah. So we've yeah pandemics, earthquakes. Uh, it's raining at the moment, so probably floods. But other than that, we're um we're 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 good. Yes, we survive. um we've we might have killed coronavirus. P.S. in New Zealand. Hey. So we've only got 24 cases left and a lot, well, a lot of people in New Zealand. And you're debating. executing them. Wow. Exactly. That's what we should say. We should say, well, <laughs> would we miss them? Do we, we've actually just put out, we've actually put out a petition saying, does anyone know these people? And did they miss them. It's like a reward. <laughs> yeah. A reward system. It's like yeah. from North Korea. Do you North Korea when they found out they got their first case? No, what they do? Just walk the dude into the middle of a field and just and played soccer with him. What did they do? <laughs> uh, just like some, like a, like a useless country dog. I think oh, they just redefined oh. where North Korea and South Korea's borders were around this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, totally. Um, well, that's South all. South Korea's problem. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now that's all very exciting. Um, how it's not you? really. How are you, Professor? How oh are me. You, oh, I'm very well. Good to be back at work. Good to be uh, creating dumb shit again, Barney. I think you'll agree. Um, 100%. Give me something to do, get my mind active. And, and God bless those rugby league players for keeping oh, us yeah. in a job. And, uh, you know, Bronson, I like to think that that moment that he decided to take those performance-enhancing drugs, allegedly still got to see a B sample. But the moment he took it, he thought to himself, you know what, Professor and Barney, they're going to have some fun with this. 
It's nice to know we've got we've got a fan at Asada too. Who's like they're probably going to be back on air this week. Let's <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> prop that three days. Three days will give the boys enough chance to whip up some sort of song. Yeah, <laughs> let's just uh, let's roll it out now. So uh, no, no, I'm all good. I'm I'm very happy to be back at work. I was going a bit mad at home, as you guys have all recognised from talking to me. Mm. So uh, so it's all good now. Tommy, let's um before we get into what our big topic is this week, have you got a five star review for us? Something you want to read to get us going? I do have a five star review. Um, this one is called the 2015 Bulwer Lighten. Can't say the rest of it because Barney didn't put the whole name in the rundown. And it's written by a person <laughs> a called much, Hi, I'm Tom. Um, so here it goes. Okay. Seeing how the victim's body or what remained of it was wedged between the grill of the Peterbilt 389 and the bumper of the Cadillac Escalade EXT, Officer Drink Drinkinson wondered why reporters always use the term sandwich. I, I've got Dirk Dirkinson there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dirk Dirkinson. That was in her eyesight. My Drink God. Drinkinson. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm having, I'm having like, I'm sure I need my morning scotch. Um, <laughs> wondered why reporters always use the term sandwich to describe such a scene since there's nothing appetizing about it. But still, he thought they might have a point because some of this would probably end up on the front of his shirt. I wish I could give six stars. So, breaking that down. Um, that, that's probably one of the more disturbing things I've ever read. <laughs> yeah. Reasonably abstract. Yeah, and I some beautiful use of the uh, English language. Yeah, I thought um, it was Downton Abbey there for a second. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, but he wishes he could give us six stars, so I don't care what it's he wrote before thing. it. Finish strong. That's right. Um, and well, we encourage well, you, get on. Um, and perhaps you do have a short essay like this that you'd like <laughs> to make public. Seriously. you like yeah. to drag up from well, a novella. Mm. And it's nice to hear Tommy read these things too, you know. You're like, I've written it. What would it sound like with a guy who's a professional reader? Just yes. adding his touch. That was the first time I read it. And I closed my eyes and I could picture the scene, Tommy, the way you just... The way you announced it was amazing. All I know is that guy's a real grubby bastard and he needs to stop dropping shit on his shirt. Okay, good. Well, that's it. That's us breaking it down for you. (laughs) Unpacking. Well done. (laughs) Very quickly, what type of pickle would that deserve, Um, Tommy? Oh, that's just a straight up New York style dill pickle. Bang, done. (laughs) Not even wrapped. (laughs) No. Very good. Now, all this talk of. of Cobbs and <clears throat> Brian, um, it, it actually slides nicely into this week's topic, Tommy. Yes, Tommy. Um, now, what in the light of essentially, what have you found for us to do this week? So we had a gentleman, uh, uh, I believe it was a gentleman earlier in the week, uh, send through a, uh, a topic suggestion for us. Um, uh, and he was referring to the the charity golf tournament that Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods did to, to raise money for COVID-19 research and, and relief. And he was referring to when Tom Brady bent down to, to line up a putt or sorry, pick up his ball on the green and split his pants right down in front of the camera, right down from straight down his chutney. Um, so... <laughs> It was very funny. Are you making chutneys as well, Tommy? <laughs> no, no. The preserves will come later. That's rock bottom. Um, uh, and basically, we have taken that idea of not fitting into your pants and we're doing our favourite plus-size sportsmen or sportswomen. Um, so we're, uh, we're looking at, at people that have excelled both in the eating department and in the sporting department. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I'm calling it the cuddliest competitors. Mm. We all happy with that's pretty PC. Yeah, yeah. The fluffy bunnies or the BBSs. Okay. The portly participants. Are we happy with that? Portly <laughs> participants is good. Mm. I like that. Okay. Yeah. We've got to be careful larger here because than life athletes. Yes. Think, larger than li- that's good. I think mm. that's actually a team in Portland though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, just quickly, Tommy, who is the person that suggested this? We should give them some credit. Do you know? 
I I do not know their name. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll cover you there, Tommy. Mesbro twenty eight. Mesbro. Okay. I don't have Twitter, so <laughs> very good. Thank you, Mesbro. Um, and it's got us into this wonderful topic now, Barney. Yeah. Um, you, would you like to lead us off in this I, topic? And it's the only reason is that's because you go first. There's, I'm not saying yeah. that you, mate. Are more... Go first. Go first in life. Go first at the buffet. Uh... How, how come, yeah, it says it says in the rundown though that the order is determined by who tips the scale at the heaviest amount. Mate, that's muscle. why I'm second. That, <laughs> that's why Nick's last. Yeah. We might we might yeah. find someone else before Nick. Yeah. We're like uh, we're like Babushka, the podcast yeah. of Babushka dolls. Like Barney yeah. would eat me, I'd eat James, and James would eat Nick. I'm just gonna I, I can phone a friend on my one. Yeah, <laughs> and someone Absolutely. else to join me on this. Um, uh, all right, Barney. I do have as as a as a uh, a larger gentleman. I do have a a soft spot for these guys, and I look. I didn't want to make this. I want to be positive about this, right? I want to celebrate the god the people who are larger but still achieve things. And um, I think my first example, I've got to give an honourable mention. She's not a professional athlete, um, but I came across her uh, when I was doing my research, a, a runner by the name of Myrna Valerio. Now, Myrna started running. She had a health scare in her 30s. Um, and so she, she was told she needed to exercise more. Uh, so she started, she found she loved running. She liked uh, long distance running. She's lost a bunch of weight now. She's now down to 240 to 250 pounds. She gets what's, around what's that about, in kilos, Barney? Uh, 100 and, I think it's around 110, 115-ish. So, you say she's down from 240 to 250? No, she, she's down. Did she put on weight? She's, <laughs> no, 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 Tommy. She's down. She sits between 240 and 250. She fluctuates. A oh, bit. okay. Sorry, she's yeah. down I mean, to of, that. Of all the people, I would have thought you'd understand that, Tommy. Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she so she's still uh, she's still quite a sizable lady, but she has run now nine marathons and ten ultra marathons. Um, so yeah, she loves the the long distance, the super long distance stuff, and she has for anyone interested has started a blog. It's called Fat Girl Running. Um, yeah, so she owns it. E H A T. That is. But, no, it's not. It's just Fat Girl Running. Yeah, right. Don't make excuses because she owns this. This I found this great quote from her. She said, I named it Fat Girl Running because I'm a fat girl and I run, um, which is good. I got a lot of flack from friends and family. They said, well, maybe you should title it Fit Girl Running or maybe you should just title it something else like Myrna Runs. I said, no, I'm fat and I'm running. I just like the way she keeps it simple. So uh, yeah. she, she is my, uh, my shout out. Um, and uh, it obviously yeah, proves that ultra marathons aren't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tommy. That sounds like a man who's just his first ultra marathon. But do you think that? Do you think that? Uh, Tommy's got a point though. It's oh, here we like, go. No, skinny because it's skinny, no, because ultra marathons are notoriously hard. But the reason why that you probably can be good at it is because not many people enter it. So, yeah, yes, but you still have to numbers. finish it. They still have a, you know, it starts at a certain time. You don't I'll, just start I'll shut the gate at you a certain a time. <laughs> yeah. but there's a car that comes yeah, through and make sure there's I mean, not people dead on the side of the road. They, you know. But to it's be like honest, a, yeah. Do we know all that right. though? I'll do, no, what, what we're gonna I'll do one. <laughs> yeah, Tommy's going to do one. Tommy, the, so, next, the next marathon in Sydney. Ultra one. No, let's just start with a simple marathon. What's, Tommy, is the ultra you do marathon, marathon just the running? Yeah. No, it's, but it's like running up and down like cliffs and mountains and shit. And how far do you have to run? Cross country. It's the same. What, no, I know the ultra. Some of them are like 50Ks. Some of them, like there are longer, longer ones that she's competing. Well, I'll do the next marathon in Sydney. There you go. What's the triathlon where you do 42Ks, 180K cycle? That's an Ironman. The Ironman. Ironman. What about that one, Tommy? Yeah, man, you're not getting me on a bike. <laughs> the swim would be the swim would be easy, and I reckon I could do the run. There's no way I could do the bike. You, okay, hang on. So you can oh, do a three point two k or three point six k swim into I, a forty two k run. I I do you that. Just said it's easy. I do that twice a week. Yeah. Okay, this is yeah. good. The swim, so, not the run. The all right. I love. The I'm idea. doing some. Re I'm doing some research. We're coming back to this, Tommy. Next marathon in Sydney. Yeah. 
Um, this is exciting. You can run, let's raise some money for your pickle startup or whatever it is you're doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Professor, will you be there to hand out some of the uh, the gels and the? the I will. And you know the other thing with if you're pickling stuff, you won't be getting cramps. No, because yeah. you can drink that stuff straight. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. exciting. Prince. Put a couple of sourdoughs down your top to stop the nipple chafing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. This is good. Now, but my my uh, my main guy, my winner for this week, um, is a guy. I think I have a new hero, um, and he is a hockey player, um, but oh, for not. Not this another no, 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 story. No, no. Not the good, not the good <laughs> hockey, uh, ice hockey. Oh, you're uh, sweet. Uh, okay, so I'm not going to say he's fat, but let's just call him. He's a bit dad bodish. This bloke. He's not what you picture um, when you think of a uh, when you think of a hockey player. He's around a little over 180 centimeters, 180 to 183 centimeters, from what I can find online. Um, that's not in skates, I don't believe. Um, and rocks around 95 kilo. Uh, has a great dad bod. His name is Phil Kessel. Uh, he currently plays for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, previously played at Boston, Toronto, and um, Pittsburgh. But what I like about this bloke is he is famous for not liking to practice. Like, doesn't like to practice at all. Will miss practice because he said, I need to rest. Um, which, don't we all? Absolutely. Um, I like that attitude. Has told reporters that in the off-season, he doesn't train at all. Uh, maybe plays a bit of golf. He said, uh, to be honest, I don't talk about hockey in summer. Who's he play for? Uh, at the moment, Arizona Coyotes. Now, he's... He has he's, actually, what, he's actually a gun, though. He's like, absolutely... The guy's a freak. Star. He's one of my favourite hockey players. He's a freak. He played at Toronto for a number of years and was there, like, was clearly their best player and he sort of led the team. But there was a lot of frustration with his cavalier attitude towards things. Like, in warm-ups, um, he he'll go out, hit a couple of shots and then skate off the ice. They barely, um, barely do any warming up at all. Uh, he's in Toronto. When he left Toronto, one of the reporters who was annoyed with his cavalier attitude towards life, um, basically wrote that the only person who'll miss him is the, um, was the guy who ran the hot dog stand near Kessel's house <laughs> <laughs> because he reported that he had, that he lost his most reliable customer claimed that Kessel would get his afternoon snack hot dog at 2 p.m. every day around oh, 2 wow. every day so this is a guy so Kessel then leaves goes over to goes down to Pittsburgh wins two Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh after his first Stanley Cup I don't know if you know this about uh, ice hockey but one of the great things they do is when the team wins the Stanley Cup every player gets one day with Lord Stanley's Cup and you get to do whatever you want with it and he posted a posted a photo on uh, on Instagram of himself with Lord Stanley's Cup and he'd filled it with hot dogs <laughs> I thought <laughs> you were going to say I thought you were going to say ice cream the hot dogs is genius <laughs> no he loves hot dogs and so yeah and so the, it was such a great photo that Upper Deck even made a special Phil Kessel card card yeah I've with, seen it with the photo of him wow. uh, mate he's the best he's absolutely um uh, absolutely amazing. Like he, he's he's been one of the leading goal scorers uh, many times. So he's played since 2006 uh, in the NHL. He's played 1,066 games, including 800 consecutive games. Oh wow! So it's he's yeah he's won two Stanley Cups. Represented Australia, uh, represented Australia, represented the US on 33 occasions, including winning a silver medal at the 2010 Winter Olympics. Um, and all this just by having just a total like yeah who cares attitude. Um, he looks a little like, um, for you, you'd know him, James, Dave Eastgate. Um, or he looks like... Yeah, that's going to help our listeners. Well, <laughs> that's great. He yeah. looks like he looks like a tubbier version. Remember the guy that yeah, was... Yeah, he looks pirate. a bit like uh, Pete Stevenson. Just pick a yeah. name that nobody's heard of. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah. I was going to say Trent Croucher. Yeah, he looks uh, a bit like Trent Croucher. He looks a bit like <laughs> Dave Miller. Is there um, anyone you went to school with he looks like there, uh, Nick? <laughs> no, he... Um, yeah, Susan DeVoy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit like a tubbier version of remember the uh the pirate the guy who was the pirate in uh, Dodgeball? <laughs> Steve like... the pirate. Steve the pirate. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I feel oh, like Dave Eastgate was a better reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you? Oh my god. Uh, he does look right. like Dave the Pirate. <laughs> Steve the Pirate, sorry. Do you know? Do you remember the French noir film? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Remember the first AD on that? Um, you never saw his face, but he looked a bit like him. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I I love him. He's 
he's for every guy. He looks like just about every second dad picking up his kids from any primary school. Uh, just that that sort of a dude. And he's got yeah. one of his one of his two front teeth are missing. Like he's just he's a mess, but he's so good. Yeah, and he just doesn't care. So he's my new hero. Uh, this is my attitude to life now. Very good. Um, yeah. Hot dogs. Hot dogs win Stanley Cups. Jeez, the hot dog companies would have been pumped with that. Just yeah. oh yeah, selling the, that. The Kess- the Kessel dog. Yeah. All right, Tommy. Um, as you've stated, we're doing the Babushka doll um, <laughs> order, which I guess and tipping the scales, <laughs> which I guess is you next, Tommy. Um. Yeah. Well, I'm on a keto diet, so I'm looking fantastic at the moment. Um. But I am. I am going with one of my all-time favorite uh, American sporting athletes, and we all know that I like my American sports, but this mm. guy is just heads and shoulders above the rest. His name is Bartolo Colon, and he's a baseball player, Big and he's baseball, nicknamed right? Big Sexy. Really? <laughs> and I think the, Big Sexy? I mean, they didn't the go with nickname. any play on the colon? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Big Sexy, or they call him, um, it, it, it's uh, whatever the Dominican word, the word for cat is. They call him that because he's like a cat on the pitches now. Oh. Gato? Uh, Gato, yeah. Gato. Filani? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Dave Eastgate? <laughs> and, and weirdly, he's actually Steve the Pirate. Um, but yeah, he's a Dominican-born uh, base, a professional baseballer. He's a pitcher, a left-handed pitcher. And he's one of the... He's played for 12 teams from 11 different cities because he's, he's played for both the, uh, the New York teams. He retired uh, from Major League Baseball last year at the age of 46 Oh wow. Uh, wow. And he started at the age of 23. So he'd been there he's been there for a long time. How um, many years? Tommy? Pardon? How many years? 23 years. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a dick. You are such a dick. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's um he's he tips the scales at 289 pounds and he's only about he's only about 510 11. Um he is one of he's won two Cy he's won a sorry one Cy Young which is the best pitcher in the American League. He's also been a, a, an All Star representative three times. Um, he's played in one World Series with the New York Mets, but they 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 lost. He is just an absolute freak of nature, but just looks nothing like any any sort of professional athlete. He's always had trouble with his weight. To the point where in 1999, with the team that he was drafted to, uh, the Cleveland Indians, he was actually a very, they, they described it as a very svelte 185 pounds. So he's very, very, like just normal, normal sort of body shape. And he started putting weight on to the point where the trainer and the head and the manager of the Cleveland Indians, every time he would come in and weigh under 225 pounds, They'd give him a twelve thousand five hundred dollar bonus on his contract. Wow. Yeah, right. So that he could go and buy more food. So, yeah. Can we yeah. can we start doing this in kilos? What is this pound shit? Uh, I don't know. Australia. What, that, uh, what would that be? So what do you say? Two hundred twenty is is hundred kilos. Two hundred twenty five pounds is like uh, it's a like hundred kilos. kilos. So he's yeah. hundred and eighty two hundred and eighty five pounds now. So he'd be what hundred and. Something, 150 kilos. Sorry, Tommy. Uh, we, and for New Zealand listeners, can we do this in stone? Anybody want me to do it in grams for sourdough bakers? Out there? I mean, since, you, since, you're doing it, since you're doing it in pounds, can you do it in uh, average newborn babies? <laughs> That's yeah. good, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, pounds. okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop referring to his weight now. Um, <laughs> like actual numbers. Um, but as a 43 year old, he was, uh, 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 mate, sorry, we don't <laughs> yeah. do years here. Yeah. Can you do months? <laughs> months. Can you do Come scores? On. Oh, nothing pisses <laughs> Two me off. Scores <laughs> nothing pisses me off more than when you meet a person. They're like, oh, my child's 36 months. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, it's three years old. Like mm. back the f- <laughs> I mean, are you Tell talking about because I said that to you about two weeks ago about Henry? Is that? Oh, you didn't it was say me. That. No, you didn't. Yeah. There was some lady at Holford. 
<laughs> yeah. asparagus. I was like, you mate, guys, they're from Mexico. Get out of the, get out of the eastern <laughs> suburbs, mate. Buy the Australian asparagus, you traitor. That's what I said. <laughs> Go anyway, on. Don't get me started tip. on. Some don't get me started wars. on drug dealers growing <laughs> asparagus. Um, yeah. Oh, you've derailed me. You, you eliminate. <laughs> okay, he's forty-three. At forty-three years old. Uh, yeah. Basically, he's put his weight down and and the growth in weight to uh, peanut butter, honey, and banana sandwiches, which Ooh. he has. He has seven of them a day, Holy. and also he drinks two bottle, big bottles of that. Um. Uh, like it's it's the Mexican version of Fanta. It, they called it a, Mexi- a Mexican. You're gonna say lard. soda. I don't know what its real name is, but he drinks oh, the Fanta. two 1.5 liter bottles of that. Um, so he he, but it's widely considered that the reason why he played for so long and was so successful at such an old age, an older age, especially, it's not like he was an outfielder, like a 46 year old outfielder, or or a cat. Like he would pitch whole games. And oh. the reason why they believed at 46 he was still able to do that at the highest level was actually due to his his weight gain and his ability to throw a hundred mile an hour fastball wasn't due to the fact that he had long. You can see these pitchers these days that have like long levers and they've mm. like they've they've got like technique that that allows them to throw that fast. They've put it down to simply his body weight behind it was <laughs> and was what what actually drove him to. Drove yeah. him to pitch as fast as he did. He he puts his his success down to this quote: "I stopped being a village boy, a little village boy, thinking I can throw any stone, any rock through a wall, and I started thinking I could be a guy who could last longer by ta- taking something off my fastball and not depending on throwing so hard and so fast." So. He's uh, apparently he's a little village boy. He, um, sound, he sounds like um, someone who would write us a review. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I have to say he has, he has some, I'm, I'm going to go through a small list of little on-field things that he'll be remembered for. Okay. And a small list of off-field mm. things that I think are. are okay. Cool. And have you got it? Is it a three, two, one? Or is know, it? it's, just, it's just a classic ABC, really. Uh, okay. There's no, there's no, there's no sort of ranking system here. I okay. think they're all as, as they're all as each equal. Other. You've yeah. got three, and you're just gonna say them. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> um, in but, 2012, when he was playing for the Oakland A's, he good. threw 38 consecutive strikeouts in a game. So for wow. a start against the Angels, an old team that he a team he used to play for, for the Oakland A's, he threw 38 in a row, 30, 38 consecutive strikeouts which still is the most in a single match, wow. which is pretty incredible. That is, yeah. 38 um, strikeouts in a match. No, no, no. So it, it would have lasted more than more than one match. Because I was going to say, isn't there only nine innings and three? He had a th- 38 consecutive strikeouts. Wow. Okay. Um, his, best, his best in one game, though, was 13 strikeouts, and he almost pitched a perfect game. Uh, it pitched a perfect game, but a guy hit a single in the top of the eighth inning, and he said it felt like it was being punched. He's being punched in the guts. He was always wanted to. He always wanted. And those to are quite guts. Game. Yeah, quite, exactly. Uh, quite the guts to get punched in. Too. The funny so, thing is that so his, <laughs> his pitching coach for the Cleveland Indians has the greatest name on the planet. His name is Dick Pole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Said, that I'd was like the think- most impressive part. That was the most impressive pitching performance I've ever I've ever seen. Said Paul, to be throwing that hard and hitting spots that way was so amazing. Exclaimed Paul. Uh, I think when when Dick Paul talks about how hard you are, that is yeah. you listen. People listen. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I think Dick Paul's one yeah. of the great names ever. Also, that's how they find out who is the leader of the next um, government, is they, they can conduct a dick poll. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> um, the, ironically, the thing that Bartolo Colon will actually probably be most remembered for in his baseball career is it took him 19 years to hit a home run. So in his 19th, in his 19th year in the major leagues, and no one was expecting. On May on May seven, he stood up as a forty two year old, wow. and he he just popped one out to left field, and this thing just kept going, yeah. kept going, kept going, kept going. And they just thought it took him nineteen years to hit his first one, 
349 days of at bats, and he'd never hit a he'd never hit a home run. Oh, and thought- and he and he hit one into the into the stands, and it was a whole bunch of his teammates came out and said that it made it their career. That oh, they got good. to see Roberto Colon hit a home run. How many um, days was it? Did you say three hundred? Well, because obviously he doesn't pitch every single match because he's a oh, starting no. pitcher. So no, it's just... three hundred and forty-nine days. I thought that when you said that, I thought that's how long he took to get around the bases. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't known. He's never stopped. In, he, he, he's had sixteen. He's he's gotten on base sixteen times in his career, which isn't much. Yeah, and he's never taken more than two bases. Like. He's, he's oh, only yeah. ever run to one base and then the next. He's never taken two. And <laughs> he's, he's never, never stolen a base because he's, oh. not, he's not rapid. If was he that got his only home run? run? But that was his only home run. Only ever recorded score. Wow. He's never recorded a score other than that. Yeah. Um, if he got the, the third base, though, imagine, you know, the, you, you see in the movies all the time, the catcher trying to, yeah. trying to tag the, <laughs> tag yeah, the runner. And then I can say he got, his ability to change direction wasn't a strong suit. Um, but it was said by the MLB commissioner at the time, a guy called Bud Selleck, who what was at that game and watched the home run. He goes, that was a special moment in sport. One for the good guys. One for the beer-bellied good guys. Yes. So he, that, was, that was pretty. And then bad moments. I think this is one of the funniest things ever. He got in 2016, the New York Post broke a story that Cologne had a double life. <laughs> he had a secret family in New York with two children and they, that she'd called the cops reporting that he hadn't in four years paid child support. Oh, come on. Um, Cologne. <laughs> and I have boiled this down to, and, and also he got busted for 50, he got banned for 50 games for testosterone. Um, you know so- what? I like to think that the New York Post, you know how they love a punny headline? When when he found out that he had uh, a, a like a second family, I just love to see that the headline colon is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, it turns out that he is a bit of an asshole. Um, but how do you I, have a second family in 2016? Well, I'm, I'm gonna, it's impossible. I'm gonna you know say what? It. it started. He he's it started with second dinners, and he's just thinking, oh, maybe I could get this whole thing going. <laughs> Hey, that's that's Bartolo Colon. Well done, Tommy. Magic. Just <laughs> magic. Now, I'm going to go next. I'm the next Babushka up. Um, <laughs> and I see your, uh, what was it? 282 pounds or whatever, Tommy? Mm. 289. 289. I see that. And I'm going to raise that by, ooh, I'm going to go up to 882 pounds. What? So, oh, yeah. And that's 400 kilos because we're yeah. dealing kilos. Stones, that's eight stone three. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing a whole team? Yeah. Or is this- well, this is a man by the name of Emmanuel Manny Yarborough. If you're going uh, in stones, it's actually a boulder. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a big ass boulder. Um, With moss. Yeah. yeah. So this guy, uh, he was known as Tiny. Um, and he's the Great. most famous nice. sumo wrestler outside of Japan and was the 1995 World Amateur oh. Sumo Champion, oh. right? He fluctuated a little bit while he was doing it. He sort of sat around 600 pounds for a while <laughs> when he was, you know, svelte and ripped. I love how people can fluctuate. Yeah. He went, I love so- how people can fluctuate as a sumo wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's at his peak, he got up to 882 pounds. So, and that he was six foot seven, 882 pounds. Oh, and that's boy. when they measured him and he became the Guinness Book of Records. Heaviest, heaviest ever living athlete. Wow. Um, wow. Tommy, uh, uh, they can fluctuate though because, well, a lot of it's gravy weight. <laughs> <laughs> so they lose that. Yeah, so gravy weight. Yeah. No, um, that, that makes sense now. Yeah, yeah no, well, totally. it's miso. Miso yeah, weight. Miso. Um, <laughs> miso weight. He was twice the size of the average sumo wrestler. So most sumo wrestlers walk around at about 200 kilos. He was 400, and that's why he was quite successful because they couldn't move him. Because as we all know in sumo, the whole thing is you got a ring you're standing in and you got to push the other person out. They just couldn't move this block. How are you pushing 400 kilos outside of a ring? Like well, the answer is unless you're the world's strongest man, you're not really. Exactly. What's a ton? Is that a thousand kilos? It is. Uh, yeah. There's a ton of thousand pounds. Just under half a ton. Yeah. Under a thousand kilos. He was. And to look at him, he looked, uh, Barney, you'll know, he looked a lot like Greg Stone. 
So, um, <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or he also looked a bit like uh, Pete Formosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or like the moon or something like that. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> no, uh, Tommy, I was saying names that no one knows. That's what I was no, saying. No, no, but then I said it in the style that you said it. Well, no, but you it's just every, said the it's moon. It's saying that everybody knows. Everybody. Oh, I see. You flipped it. I on flipped the joke on, on you. the script. Mate. Yeah. And you nailed it. All right, so... <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is Dave Eastgate's going to get a lot of Googles after this. Um, Lovely man, Dave. Yeah. So uh, in sumo, he he had a lot of success. World Amateur Sumo Champion, 1995. A bunch of other stuff. Um, 1994, third in the Sumo World Open Championships. Came second in 1996. Um, He was basically... Second in 1996? Yeah, well, let me get... Wow. Yeah, was the, was the ring tilted? No, no he, I think what the guy just did was he just moved out the way. Yeah. Well, this is a thing, yeah. And if he falls and then he flips. Yeah. Um, but he never became a professional sumo wrestler because there's a thing in in professional sumo where in order to get to that level, you have to have all these years where you basically serve the current professional sumos where you become this like an slave. apprenticeship type thing yeah and he said he went on conan and he was explaining it and he was saying that you, you basically you have to bathe them Ooh. you have to clean their jock strap things like nappy sand i'm assuming and you gotta and he said on there he said you gotta clean their colons <laughs> wow. and he but, said i i, I would have done it but i just i didn't want to be some sumo's bitch is what he said so he had to remain amateur um and they, you know, like becoming a professional sumo wrestler, you move into like they they call them like stables. They're yeah. Like you move into like into in Japan, you move into like a stable of of um, sumo wrestlers, and you all eat together, train together. That's like right. it's like full on like lifestyle choice. Yeah, and it's like you got to elevate yourself up and yeah. become spiritually ready to become a sumo and all this stuff. And a lot of that yeah. involves cleaning out the colon of a two hundred kilo man. Yeah. That's so you just clean out the stables. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty totally much. Been a stable hand. Yeah. Where do I sign up? Yeah, some manual evacs, as they like to call it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so he was very good at sumo, but then obviously this is massive, this massive, larger than life, big American, black American guy who became world famous as this sumo wrestler was going on Conan. When he won the sumo in Japan, he went on the David Letterman show and he, he gave Dave a card for the top 10 list for the night. Uh, I mean, you can probably guess what the wow. top 10 list was. Uh, anybody? Uh, top 10 oversized athletes. Uh, good things about a blizzard in New York City. So, oh. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like things, top 10 things he wanted in his change room to eat. Yeah. yeah. No, it just it had nothing to do with him. <laughs> just um, 10 things he had to do to Dave to get on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and standard top 10 list at that stage in Dave's career, he'd pretty much given up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Number three was because of dangerous conditions on my drive to work, I slow down to 90 miles per hour, which <laughs> he laughed like that. Then yeah. the crowd went, oh, wow. wow. Yeah, he'd given up at that stage. Anyway, he um, becomes this larger than life figure. So then when um, your mate, Nick Dana White, is yes. starting up the old UFC, he yes. taps old Emmanuel to be in UFC, UFC three. So yes. I think a few episodes ago, you were talking about how he got this giant sumo wrestler yes. to fight a, a, he was Kempo, the guy, mm-hmm. and Kempo's like Shaolin Kung Fu. And yeah. they fought against each other. It was a guy called Keith we prefer We prefer to call him flamboyant. Flam- <laughs> flamboyant, yes. Uh, Keith, Keith Hackney, who was five foot 11 and 91 kilos. Yeah. And they fought in the ring in UFC three. So started out um did basically he, no, he didn't win did he the, no the he lost yeah wow so hackney knocked yarborough down straight away Ray, with one strike got him down he somehow managed to get back up then emmanuel basically just picked him up started slapping him in the face and pushed him out the door of the cage hackney fell down out the wow. door he got to shut the door then they came back in and hackney <laughs> knocked yarborough over again with a bunch of and then was punched him on the ground tko yeah. And then Hackney, for the rest of his life, insisted on people calling him the giant killer. <laughs> what a jerk. Uh, um, Hackney, thought, Hackney thought the giant killer was like a physical, like it wasn't a metaphor, like 
You know yeah. what I mean? He thought like just it's like taking down big people, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it was like a, a metaphor for being like the best or or being yeah. the best or something. Like, old just, Emmanuel it, wasn't the best UFC fighter. No, no, he's no, the big bastard. <laughs> yeah, it, it, just, it just shows you whatever your achievement, whatever your achievement, you cannot, you cannot choose your own nickname. Uh, so if you're on Sarahman Hillary, you can't. Even if you're the best mountain climber in the world, you can't call yourself the mountain goat. From now on, you're going to call me the mountain goat. Um, it's just. Yeah. I like that mountain greatest of all time. Yeah, that is a good nickname. <laughs> I, I what do you reckon Tenzing Norgays would be? Um, probably uh, Sir Edmund's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the porter. The porter. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bastard carried his bags the whole way. Seriously. Yeah. Or oh. the apprentice climber. Oh, mate. <laughs> In the world. Um, anyway, old uh, Yabra, he also he got into MMA same year and he fought a bloke who was 169 pounds, 76 kilos, and he lost to him. Wow. Lost badly wow. to him. So out of, out of three MMA or UFC fights, he won one. Did he lose to him or did he lose him in like a stomach roll? <laughs> um, yeah, they're still looking for him. So. Yeah. Um, but he went, he went on. He was, he was in Mickey Rourke's The Wrestler. Um, did uh, over 20 other TV credits. At one point, he was in, a, in an American TV commercial that sort of ran, you know, in, in little pockets like Pittsburgh. And so, you know, not the big national stuff, little TV stations. And it was for... Um, it was for a thing called furniture fix, which is when your sofa sags, it's this piece of plastic that you stick in under your sofa to stop it from sagging. So he was in it for like two seconds and basically the voiceover says, we invited this 400 pound sumo wrestler and this 600 pound sumo wrestler to try the furniture fix and took, and look at the couch did not sag or sink with up to 100, with, with up to, 1,000 pounds of sumo. Amazing. And they high five. They, That's they, so basically what happened was they couldn't be bothered driving a truck over it. <laughs> so yeah. they got yeah. these two sumo. Got a couple yeah. of humans in. And I love um, in America how there's like ads for reinforcing furniture. I think that's the best. Yeah, what does that say about your country? <laughs> and you got to see this bit of plastic. It's the cheapest thing you've ever seen. It looks a bit like um, um, Mike Spencer. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it looks like Steve uh, the Pirate. It's crazy. Plastic Mike, eh? Uh, he was also on uh, TV shows. He was on the HBO series Oz. Um, but the one that re I really liked was he, he starred in a Bollywood film called Mr. and Mrs. Khalidi, which 1997 obviously won a bunch of awards. You guys have all seen it. Yeah. Um, but if you don't mind, I'll, I'll let people that listen to our um, podcast know what the storyline is. Um, Sorry, I know it'll bore you guys. Yeah. Um, here's the synopsis. When he's so this is uh, not him, but there's a character called Raja. So when his astrologer uncle predicts a favorable future for Raja, he decides to do nothing until the prediction comes true. One day he meets a woman at a, woman at a bus stop. She tries to talk to him, but he replies to her rudely because his uncle told him not to talk to an unmarried girl. He finds out that she is married. He tries <laughs> to get frank with her, but suddenly her husband arrives to beat him. That classic old Indian love mm. story. Raja yeah. rides with Shalu's car. She is the daughter of a millionaire. He's seriously injured and Shalu is arrested. His uncle meets with him in hospital and tells him that he should forgive Shalu. Then they turn the tap, grab the apple for a bit. Yep. Bang. Chestnut. Yeah. Um, then um, Shalu tells her father that her future husband has arrived. However, his lazy lifestyle does not meet with the future father-in-law's standards. And he insists that Raja does some hard work and brings in $100,000 to save to have Shahug Rat with his daughter. Shahug Rat, I'm assuming is, is just, is it rooting, Tommy? It is. Eventually, <laughs> Raja accomplishes this by defeating Emmanuel Yabra in a wrestling match. So to make the 100,000 oh rupiah, um, he has to wrestle. Just very quickly, uh, James, before, mm. did you say spoiler alert before this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate. <laughs> didn't. Uh-oh. Um, uh oh, <laughs> it's a good one. It won a bunch of awards in Bollywood. Know our fans. Yeah. Put that in the put that in the synopsis and just people read. Out of interest, do you know what the time code is when they had the Shahul Grat? <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, just, about an hour and fifteen <laughs> in. It's quite, it's quite fuzzy on the professor's recording. <laughs> now I watched the last scene. I mean, I watched the whole thing a bunch of times. I watched the last scene where he fights Emmanuel. It's in a big ring. And two, two highlights for me. One is when 
he gets stuck in Emmanuel's butt crevice, which yes, you didn't tell me there. Comedy, that's We've great. We've all been there. Uh, and then point. also at one point he gets on the ground and he gets stuck in Emmanuel's bosoms, uh, and he's oh, he's motorboating. The, I mean, the, back to the Shagrat. These are the. <laughs> These are the Bollywood um, uh, equivalents of a romantic comedy of falling out of a boat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, yeah, it happens in every film. Um, and then eventually he beats Emmanuel by basically doing seven roundhouse kicks to the face. <laughs> <laughs> Just all of a sudden he goes, oh, I remember man. how to roundhouse kick. Seven will do it too. Seven. <laughs> I mean, him. does he not ever get dizzy? You need to watch this. Seven re- he's, repetitions he's of a roundhouse. That can't wrestle. They get stuck in a butt crevice. And then I mean, all of a sudden he's like, he, wait, here's he, seven roundhouse. Not only are you disorientated from being jammed in a butt crevice, yeah. you're also short of breath from being stuck under a couple of bu- big boozies. Mm. And then next thing you know, you're ready to do I mean, poetic. So beautiful. But also, also, Tommy, he's out of breath because he has to sing the whole time. It's a <laughs> yeah, that's totally. Yeah. But that is the totally. magic. And he's of got tendonitis because his wrists are going. That is haywire. <laughs> hey, they're not. They're not backward in taking a few chances. Indian cinema. He's got Bollywood you know? his elbow. Oh, and he's got Bollywood his elbow, and I don't know. I think <laughs> I don't believe any of this. Oh, that's funny. I love Tommy. You, you, you commentating on it. <laughs> Wrists are going haywire. <laughs> um, anyway, that's Emmanuel. He it's two yeah. last points to make. He got banned from flying at one point because uh, he used to have to purchase two seats, and then there was a flight where a Delta flight where they realised two seats wasn't enough. <laughs> oh no! Classic so, Delta. Yeah, huh? that, should, that should be the title of his movie. Two seats, two seats, two seats is enough. Never so enough. He, so he, he had to buy a third seat. Poor guy. Oh. Um, can you imagine though? You know when you're sitting on a flight and oh. you've got that seat next to you and you see the people walking down the aisle and you're like, please no, please no, please no, please no. Can you imagine? Emmanuel I can't imagine him getting on? down the aisle. That's, that's a good point. That's, that's a very a, good point. How like when you're buying three seats? They, how do you even get there? Like uh, I don't know. That is incredible. He, just enormous. And to I finish, hope though, I hope, I hope just for just social equality, I hope his luggage allowance was the same as everybody else's. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, except that's like three t-shirts and a pair of jeans Yeah. at, at his size. Plus I, I like to, I do like to picture how he'd go trying to unwrap the little airline food too, like get the foil off and deal with the oh. little bread roll. And, Cause you know, the fingers get fat that size well six foot seven to begin with so even at six foot seven on a flight you are that's an exit row it's horrendous and then you add 882 pounds to it what are you poor guy um yeah there was something he could have done to stop being that size yeah oh here we go classic fat shamer barney coming out (laughs) go on well they they can help it can they barney go on mate no. Didn't realize well, I was didn't oh. realize I was doing a podcast with Kate Moss. I'm the oh. next thing you know, he's gonna come out and say nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. I'm and- just saying, once you're north of <laughs> once, once you're north of six hundred pounds, may, yeah. maybe you're contributing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. maybe yeah. you're And they're a burden on our society. Buddy. Buddy. Just say it, mate. <laughs> Finish maybe your you're contributing. <laughs> next thing you know, you're gonna be like, oh, the methane, global warming, like whatever. anyway. The story has a very sad ending, so we can just bring it. Oh, down. oh okay, oh, no. right. Well, very he, sad ending. Uh, on but he December, lost the weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, he died. So December oh. twenty-one. December twenty-one. Daily Mail reports that poor old Emmanuel Yabra passes away, and they but they report that the cause of death was unknown. Mm. So could have been anything. On. What sort of what sort of journalism is that? The guy. <laughs> Basically, stood up and grabbed at his chest. I think if they looked into it, it was actually, he died of eight roundhouse kickers. Kicks to yeah, there was yeah. the eighth one. One too many. <laughs> or a plane went down. He was like, well, yeah. I mean, getting in was hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so here. Yeah, well, no, he, it was a massive heart attack. And uh, yeah, 
I mean, yeah. So unless we forget. <laughs> but the twist, the twist in the story that, and just Emmanuel, even in death, there's humor and light. In order to help raise money to bring his body home to New Jersey for funeral costs, they had to start a GoFundMe page because they couldn't afford to move him because he Great. was so enormous. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, he had to yeah. buy two slots in the cargo hold of the plane. So Yeah. Well, how many plots at the cemetery? Probably oh. two. And then they went to dig and went, sorry, mate, need a third. <laughs> anyway, oh geez, huh? brought the oh, mood right down. That was great. I, I thought, thought that was funny. funny. A lot of people, <laughs> though, a lot of people do dream of being buried on a hill overlooking something. <laughs> he he is the hill. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate. What is it? What's what? happened here? Did you get picked on at school by a big, oh, big guy or? By a little guy who used to roundhouse kick me in the face. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, you're you were... Emmanuel in this story. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were definitely bullied. They like tried to put you in a normal bin and couldn't, and they had to put you in like the dialer dump. <laughs> oh my god! Thrown in the skip bin. Got my head flushed in a urinal. <laughs> oh man. They gave him the whole of Chinese brands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all their many provinces as well. <laughs> all right, Nick. God. Nick, who weighs a, a mighty 56 kilos, bring us home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, this is, well, I've got an honourable mention, but uh, he's a he's a slight fella uh, in comparison to Emmanuel. Mm. Uh, his uh, name is Vincent Lamar Wilfork. Now, I like this guy. Oh, really? Well, yeah, Wilfork. Because imagine being quite big, but also having fork in your name. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of challenges to, uh, to mm. overcome there. So he's a measly 147 kgs. Um, he's 1.88 metres. And... Um, he can do a 40 yard dash in 5.08 seconds. Jeez, that's, um, that's all right. That's I think it's okay. He, he, think, he's a freak. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, he basically, um, his position is nose tackle, uh, which I feel like in Sydney is, yeah, that's something that's code for something else for the businessman <laughs> over there. Um, <laughs> what sport is, what's nose tackle in? Uh, American, it's, it's football. In American football. There's NFL. a position in American football called nose, nose tackle. tackle yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you're up, if you're working in uh, Barangaroo, you'd be like, hey, I'm just going to go meet my guy. Going to go get pick up some bit of nose tackle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go on fishing. It's Friday fishing. night. <laughs> go on fishing. <laughs> go on fishing for a bit of nose tackle. Yeah. Right. Um, he is a two-time Super Bowl champion five times pro bowl champion. But the, the, the reason why I want to bring him up is that he lives in Houston, Texas, but following the Patriots victory in 2014, um, the AFC championship game, Will Fork helped remove a driver from an overturned vehicle. He noticed that the SUV was flipped and he flipped it back over oh and got God. the person, got the person out. That's insane. Yeah. And he wasn't even on ice. I know <laughs> he didn't even have nose tackle on him. Oh, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so he was, um, yeah, but he rescued the girl and he ended up getting to go through the drive through So it was all good. So um... <laughs> I, I tell you what he's famous for. He's famous for rocking up to games. And you know, when you see like in the NBA and the NFL, when the players walk in like yeah. for the game, they're all like in like really schmick outfits. Mm. Yeah. he's like full-on country like from country texas oh, yeah and yeah. he would walk in like big boy and just spilling out of overalls and he'd just wear overalls nothing else and then he'd tuck his overalls into like like crocodile or alligator skins cowboy boots and yeah. he'd wear a cowboy hat and like a neck a neck handkerchief yeah. and he'd just walk into the change rooms like that and he'd start like line dancing in the middle of the change room. That's what he did before the Super Bowl. And they went out and won. But he yeah, was wow. like line dancing with Tom Brady and Gronkowski. And so it's so funny. That's a lot like That's how you lot. used to enter the Fox building. Tom exactly. Uh, <laughs> very similar. Uh, very similar. Um, but my, uh, the, the big one I want to chat. Oh, let's not say that. Um, the main person. <laughs> the main person. The plus size about, topic. The plus please. size. Is um, Andy Ruiz Jr. 
Now, he obviously uh, won the World Heavyweight Boxing bout against uh, Anthony Joshua. It was a bit of a surprise um, mm. a surprise uh, win for him. But I want to talk about the aftermath of that. So, basically, he ended up um, fighting Anthony Joshua again and losing. Now, he put down to... This is what I like about um, Andy Ruiz Jr. is that he put down the loss to Anthony Joshua... Um, due to three months of continuous partying <laughs> and celebrating. <laughs> Which and was he, a preparation because the first time he did four months. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he underprepared. He said three months of partying and celebrating uh, may have affected me. And then he goes, what can I say? Uh, and then he goes, I think I'm a different fighter, um, you know, if I'm a little bit more fit or prepared. And um they go, what would you say if you did, uh, you know, what would you do differently in the rematch? He said, oh, I probably should have listened to my coach, listened to my dad and maybe taken it a bit more seriously. Oh, <laughs> and wow. this is like the world heavyweight God. championship of the world. He says, I'm okay. I'm just a little, a little bit disappointed. I tried to do the training on my own. I should have listened to them more and trained with my trainers. Then <laughs> that's what I love about him. I think it's fantastic that you can be, but this is the, the I guess the um the, the perils of if you if you win by doing something a certain way, which is above or not the normal way, so like being overweight or um doing things abnormally, if they if you have success in that, then obviously you're just gonna do that again. And mm. but this time he just went, Well, obviously I was a bit overweight, everyone was chatting about that, so I'm gonna go in more overweight the next time. Oh, wow. yeah. Imagine how successful I'll be then. <laughs> I love that he's training on his own. Like he's not going to, do you know what a personal trainer costs, mate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm not sure he's training. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, dad. I'll go train. It's fine. Yeah. I'll go yeah. train. And then yeah. he's just in the locker room and he's eating like snack packs. But also, also the agent or the manager of Andy Ruiz Jr. Like go, um, so what are we going to do for this next match? Uh, who, which trainers are you going to bring in? I'll just do it on my own. I know. I already know how <laughs> yeah, to use yeah. the equipment. So did he train on his own before the first <laughs> one? No. No. He so used... he just changed it. He just went, well, I know you guys helped me win, but hey. Yeah. yeah. I do, you reckon he, win. do you reckon he just knew he was going to get beaten? Like, did he know? Did you reckon he knew yeah, that it was the just first a time was a bit of a fluke? Maybe. Well, I think he celebrated, like he is in his own words, he was just celebrating the previous one. He was still celebrating the previous win, training for the next fight. So will there be a third one now? Apparently they're talking about it, but there's so many other better and bigger fights to make like Tyson Fury and um, Deontay Wilder. And um, of course, um, you know, New Zealand heavyweight, Joshua Parker, you know, he'll obviously be up there. He's a big Samoan boy. He's uh, he's very powerful. Josh Parker, watch out! He'll be he'll be number one. Right. I'm managing I'm managing him now. I don't have any. Job. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But yeah, so Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, amazing athlete. But what I like about him is that yes, he won the world heavyweight championship of the world. But also he did teach us that if you do party too much and celebrate too much, you don't get to d- defend that title. <laughs> yeah. You have to put in a guy, little bit of work. This is a guy who never saw Rocky too. No. Yeah. <laughs> is it the world heavyweight championship of the world? Yes. Is that really what it's called? I don't no. know. Oh. World <laughs> heavyweight championship, isn't it? I mixed it I, twice. There's, there's about eight like, of them. Who knows? World heavyweight championship of really, the world. I really, I really wanted, to, I really wanted to emphasize how big of a right because yeah, the boxing's a global sport. This yeah. isn't this isn't the world heavyweight championship of New Zealand, mate. This is the world heavyweight championship <laughs> of, of the world. world. Do you know why I said that? Is because we have a drink here called LMP, which is their title is world famous in New Zealand, and so we have a lot of that. We have to go world famous, and but then we have to go. No, no, really, it is world famous. Yeah, in the world. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just in this country. All oh, right. Well, that, very good, Nick. Is that your Ruiz? Ruiz. Very Will good. Fork. Yes. Um, so, gentlemen, that brings us to a close. Can you hear that beeping, everybody? <laughs> yeah. Someone dropping a manual off. <laughs> <laughs> he finally got the great paint. Oh, wow. <laughs> Stamps, the stamps finally got uh, put on the freight. And- <laughs> oh, man. Um, I can say it because I'm a bit chubby, so it's fine. Oh, okay. So you're allowed to. Yeah, you're okay. not. 
Um, Skinny prick. I'll uh, I'll bulk up and I'll come back and we'll we'll do this all again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll fill up. Um, all right, so that's it. That was the podcast, uh, Professor and Barney podcast for another week. As we always say, recommend us to someone that'll hate us. Um, recommend us to exactly. someone that will like us. Recommend us to someone that will probably give it about a minute skip and then go back <laughs> to listening to Chasing Cosby. Um, yes. Yeah, one of those people. Mm. Um, <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, Chasing Cosby. It's, it's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm recommending other podcasts. All right, that's done. <laughs> um, Call this episode Chubby Chasing Cosby. We'll get that <laughs> made. <laughs> and recommend oh. this podcast to someone that may have ate us instead of hate us. <laughs> hey, look. I can say it because I'm a bit chubby. Tommy, if that's the whole reason you're leaving a bit of weight on Jesus, so that you can make fun of overweight people, you need to stop. Ah. Um, as we as we also like to say get on and leave a review for us tell us what you think ideally five stars if you don't want to give five stars whatever and remember there is the offer of winning uh tommy's gonna uh send out pickles to the best uh review that's right so uh prince of pickles if you want some uh Brian, get on and leave us a review. I think that's all there is this week. Thanks to the person that suggested that topic. If you've got a topic yes. you want to do, yeah, Ms. Bro. Get, in, get in contact with us on our socials at Narrow World of Sports on Facebook and Instagram and at Narrow World OS on Twitter. All right, gentlemen. And also, James, very quickly, uh, where can the, the good people of Australia see you this Sunday? Yes. Very good on Fox Sports. We are back. Barney and I are back on Sunday night with Maddie Johns. We'll be doing our segment, not the NRL news. Were you turning it on or off then, Tommy? Tommy, <laughs> on, on. he's changing the channel. I believe he's hitting series record there. <laughs> so get on and watch us. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. And we will see you all very soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.